Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we catch up with the action at the 2020 African Nations Championship in Cameroon, and we speak to Nigeria striker Henry Onyekuru, who's determined to get his career back on track after a disappointing time in France. Onyekuru signed for Everton, but never played for them due to work permit issues. But he was focused on the English Premier League. I really wanted to go to Arsenal because I spoke to some of the um, agents there. You know, because I was very young, very very young then, and um, it wasn't too sure that I was going to play with the permits I needed then. That's coming later, and Stuart explains the new work permit regulations for foreign players in the UK, and he talks about the retirement of Manchester United legend Wayne Rooney. But first, a big story this week in the development of football in Africa: that Egyptian investors have put in a hundred and twenty million dollars to take control of the Right to Dream Academy, which was founded in Ghana in nineteen ninety nine. The academy has produced twenty Ghana internationals, including Abdul Majid Waris. Well, the investors will set up a Right to Dream Academy in Egypt, and also will further the activities of the academy in Ghana and of a club in Denmark that they own, and their academy in Denmark. So this looks big, and it shows the global interest in African players. So the 2020 African Nations Championship, the Chan, is on in Cameroon. The delayed sixth edition of the tournament for home-based players only. A group stage action continues. Zimbabwe became the first team eliminated after a 3-1 defeat to Burkina Faso on Wednesday. Cameroon and Mali are joint leaders in that group. That's Group A. So the hosts need a draw against Burkina Faso to be sure of qualifying for the quarterfinals. There were good opening wins for Zambia and Guinea. What are your impressions so far, Ida? Well, the tournament started off a bit slow for me, Steve. If I may be honest, I mean there weren't too many goals in the beginning、uh, because we'd seen about four one-nil wins and two goalless draws across two groups in the first couple of days. So you can imagine, but you know things really got going, and、um, especially when Group D matches started, you know we saw some good action, and you know most importantly, Steve, we saw goals. You know, because you know oftentimes in such competitions. The group stage is where you should really see the goals, because things get, you know, things do get a bit more cagey, a bit more cautious during the knockout stages. And as for Zimbabwe, well, you know, anyone with the slightest insight into the team's preparations won't really find their early exit surprising. They came in off the back of a COVID-19 crisis within the camp that saw almost ten players infected. That was together with staff members. You know, barely got in ten training sessions before the continental tournament. So all those can't be signs of、uh, good tidings ahead. And then, Steve, things really seemed to go from bad to worse. You know, when a dead bat. <laughs> A dead bat was found on the pitch during the opener between、uh, Cameroon and Zimbabwe, and the Zimbabwe coach accused Cameroon of witchcraft. So, 
Uh, we can't really say that it has been a drama-free event, you know. But look, Group D seems to be very competitive and most will fancy Zambia and Guinea to go through and that clash on Saturday should provide lots of entertainment. Yes, and the alleged witchcraft story was big news here in Zimbabwe as a dead bat was found on the centre spot before warm-up of the game against Cameroon. Uh, from Cameroon, the story was that there are lots of bats in Yaoundé, so maybe one bat died while flying and fell on the centre spot. So as Ida says there, the standout game this weekend, Zambia against Guinea in Group D on Saturday. And on Sunday, it's the conclusion of Group A with Cameroon, Mali and Burkina Faso all in the running for quarter-final places. More on the Chan later as we get your predictions. Now, Nigeria striker Henry Onyekuru says that he's determined to get his professional and international career back on track after a disappointing time in France. Onyekuru first hit the headlines in the 2016-2017 season when at the age of 20 he scored 22 goals for Belgian top-flight team Cass Eupen. Well, since then, 23-year-old Onyekuru has been to Everton, to Belgian club Anderlecht and has had two loan spells at Turkish giants Galatasaray and he's presently with Monaco. But he's looking to leave Monaco after making just four appearances this season and he told Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji that he doesn't feel wanted there. First, I'll start uh, with the move from uh, Everton to Monaco. To be sincere, I have no idea about the move. It's just like a three days call and I have to be there in Monaco, you know, to join the team because I had my issues then everything with the working permit. Uh, but yeah, I arrived, I'm there and I keep working. I didn't get much playing time, which I'm really working out and I tried last season and this season and, uh, I think there's more to it. Maybe with the president and the transfer, there's something strange there, but I'm working towards uh, January to make the move and go back to the form and start to play. When you set the house on fire at Cash Open, I mean, we had Arsenal, all these major clubs in Europe, tracking Enrio Yekuru. Um, you did end up at Everton in June. Um, looking back now, do you still think it was the right move for you? Um, yeah, the first room is playing Premier League. That's my first room. So um, when I got the offers from the top clubs there in England, um, I knew then I needed to get this working permit to play. So I really wanted to go to Arsenal because I spoke to some of the um, legends there, you know, because I was very young, very, very young then. And um, it wasn't too sure that I was going to play with the permits I needed then. So I made a, a move from Everton to Anderlecht, you know, to get more playing time and to get experience in Champions League. Because when I went to Anderlecht through um, Everton, it was the Champions League season for them. So just to get more experience and, um, you know, get more playing time. And as well build with uh, top club as um, Anderlecht. Yeah, but the dreams still remain the same, you know, to play in Premier League. You left Paris under a cloud. You had your medical at Paris Saint-Germain. You thought you were going to sign for them, but Henry sneaked out of Paris. Um, looking back now, do you think you should have stayed with Paris Saint-Germain? I think you use the right word snake out because I, I, um, I remember I did my medical everything on the weekend and just waiting for Monday to come because they, they wanted to unveil me and one player then. And, um, I thought about it and, you know, with my family and I, then I felt, okay, yes, Paris is a big team and I understand French football. The top clubs always want to play their national team players, you know, so, and then I was very young. I needed to play more, not just the big club. So I made that decision very late and everybody was surprised. I think it was around 12 a.m. I called my agent to stop the deal. 
I was going to go to Everton and go on loan to Antalect. Anyway, not so many people would do that. Why would you do that? Um, like I said before, the goal was to get more playing time, not just to play in big clubs. You know, it will come, it will arrive um, with um, hard work and um, you know, and everything will come. So I just, I think the decision I made then was, I didn't regret it because I went to Anderlecht from Everton and I played more games. I was injured though; I missed the World Cup, um, but I gained um, experience there. Played against big clubs like. Um, Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich, then in the Champions League with Anderlecht. So um, everything went well, not up to when I got injured, yeah. That's Nigeria striker Henry Onyekuru speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloashina Akaleji. So Onyekuru admits that signing for Everton was something of a risk. He didn't get to play for them and even sacrificed a move to French giants Paris Saint-Germain, having successfully completed a medical there before opting instead to join Everton in June 2017. Uh, so what would you say about his career path, Ida? Uh, we say in life that you should dream big, and his dream is to play for Arsenal. Uh, but is that dream of going to the English Premier League at all costs a realistic one? Uh, we've seen limited success for another Nigerian, Odion Igalo, at Manchester United. It might be the allure of playing in the English Premier League, Steve, you know, the most prestigious league in the world. And some have said that that dream can be blinding, at least to some extent. But, Steve, it is an extremely competitive league, as we all know. And once many jump over that first hurdle, you know, of getting there, you know, that reality check hits them. You know, they then realize just how difficult it is to actually get playing time. I mean, we've seen stars you know, like Kylian Mbappe, for example, a World Cup winner, definitely one of the most recognizable faces in football today. Yet, Steve, he's been in the French League for the last six years, you know, and people get antsy, asking why he's chosen to stay there for so long when he could easily go to England. But look, I'm sure that it must be a very calculated move for him and his team, considering the pressures that come with playing in the English Premier League. But looking at Odion Egalo, well, I would like to think that his situation was a bit different from Onyekuru, because while he might not have gotten the playing time he would wish at Man United, I can't imagine, you know, in all frankness, any player in the Asian leagues turning down an opportunity from the Red Devils. And you know, ultimately what it's done for his profile in the long run is positive, if you ask me. So, of course, you know, lots of talk about him moving to the MLS or even Turkey. That will definitely play out how it plays out. But, you know, back to Onyekuru and Monaco are looking to trade him on loan. And Steve, uh, a familiar team might be calling. Galatasaray might want him back. And if that is the case, it would be his third spell with the Turks. The 23-year-old hit 16 goals that was on loan at Galatasaray back in the 2018-19 season, Steve, but scored just once in 12 games for them last term. And interestingly enough, well, another EPL team, West Ham, are said to be interested, you know, though in all frankness, after the Nigerian's last spell in the UK, you know, I don't really know how he would feel about making a return there. But, you know, some fans 
have argued that Onyekuru has never really been able to live up to the heights that he enjoyed before a serious knee injury put him out for eight months. That was back in uh, Belgium in Anderlecht. But the good thing about it, Steve, is that he's also quite young, you know, and uh, at 23, that means he still has a lot of time to prove himself. So I think, Steve, that you live and you learn, you know, and I'm sure that there must be lessons, you know, that um, he has picked up. And hopefully for him, he can get back to the Onyekoru that played such a huge part in lifting UPenn into the Belgium top flight. Yes, and there's a few days left before the end of the transfer window. So we'll see if he does move from Monaco. So Onyekuru failed to play for Everton as he didn't get a work permit back in 2017. But now there's a new system in Britain where players get what's called a governing body endorsement from a new points-based system for non-English players. This came into force last week when the transition period following the UK's exit from the European Union ended. Well, Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. Uh, Tell us more, Stuart. Yeah, from the 1st of January 2021, Britain is no longer part of the European Union, which changes a great deal of things in the country, including the rules for overseas players coming to play in the Premier League. Previously, any player from the 28 countries of the EU had the right to work, including professional football in the UK. Players from Africa or any other part of the world needed a work permit. From January, all players, European, African, South American, are treated equally and all need work permits. Now, two positives may come from this. Firstly, when Manchester United played Liverpool and last week's top-of-the-table game, only six of the 22 starting players were from England. The new rules will make it easier for young English players to get a chance. Secondly, African players will no longer be at a disadvantage compared to European players as both need a work permit. In the past, there have been some examples of clubs signing a player hoping that he would get a work permit at a later stage. And the best example of this is Alan Rodriguez de Souza, a Brazilian who played for Liverpool 2015 to 2019, except that he never played at all. He went on loan to Finland, Belgium, Germany, Cyprus and Brazil before being transferred away and never actually met the criteria to get a work permit. The principle behind work permits is simply to protect jobs for the locals. An employer wanting to bring in a foreign worker has to demonstrate that the person is better qualified than local people available. In football, this is proved by requiring the player to have reached a standard of world class which can be quantified. Typically, this would mean playing regularly in one of Europe's, say, top five leagues, playing regular internationals for a top 50 FIFA-rated nation. But players can also accumulate points by playing a certain number of games in Champions League, Copa Liberatores, Copa Sudamerica, for example. And this is not just a theoretical discussion, because, I mean, this month, West Bromwich Albion abandoned a plan to sign three European players who last year would have had an automatic right to play in England because under the new rules, they didn't meet the criteria. I think we'll see as the season progresses how much this affects club signing players.
Yes,、uh, one positive sign for Africa was、uh, South Africa's Percy Tau、uh, finally getting to play for Brighton、uh, two and a half years after they signed him. He got enough points for a work permit after playing in Belgium, where Brighton loaned him out to three different clubs there、uh, since they signed him in 2018. Well, thanks, Stuart.、Uh, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, Stuart on the retirement of Manchester United legend Wayne Rooney. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and our website is PlanetSport.tv. And in the blog section there, you can read about Ghana's Jonathan Mensah. This from an interview that we had with him recently, as he became the first African to lift the U.S. Major League Soccer Cup with the Columbus Crew. That's in the blog section of our website, PlanetSport.tv. And you can download our app and listen to the show any time and access past programs in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store, and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, to social media now. And on last week's show, we asked, "Who do you think will win the Chan, the African Nations Championship, currently on in Cameroon?"、Uh, we had another huge response this week. So apologies that we don't get to read out your message. But here with your comments is Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. Thanks, Steve. And we start today on WhatsApp with Mono John in Zambia, who says, "This is going to be an open tournament because of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic." DR Congo, Zambia, Libya, Morocco, and Cameroon are my early tournament favorites because of their recent pedigree at such tournaments. Cameroon have the advantage for being the host, with DR Congo close behind due to their past glory. And Lamin Jadama in the Gambia agrees. I think Cameroon will win it because of the home advantage, says Lamin. To Sierra Leone now, and Ibrahim says, well, in my opinion. Is between the host Cameroon and Morocco. Nohum Bakayoko is in Italy. I'm going for my homeland, Mali, says Nohum, because Yahunde has been a good ground for us in the past. We reached our first Afcon final there in 1972, but this time I hope we are going to win the Chan. Yes, back in 1972, Mali lost out 3-2 to Congo in the Afcon final. And the next edition of Afcon, all being well, takes place next year, also in Cameroon. And Bolong Baji in the Gambia agrees with Nohum. I fancy Mali, says Bolong. Their creative midfield alongside a strike force capable of destabilizing defenders gives them a great advantage. And we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And here's Michael Mboka in the Gambia. If you ask me, who are Uh, the contenders here, I must say Morocco, Algeria, and、uh, Mali, of course. They have eminent players who are very, very good in playing this particular tournament. DR Congo is a strong side, yes, but I think the tournament will be very, very competitive because Morocco, Algeria, and Mali, you know, have also players who can withstand that of DR Congo. Moses Nchinda Nkamani in Cameroon and Emalex in South Sudan both go for Morocco. Mumba Irene Jere in Zambia says, "I would not mind my own country Zambia to win the Chan tournament. The only challenge is that football is very much unpredictable. The unexpected can happen." Well, you're absolutely right there, Mumba. And isn't that one of the reasons why we love the beautiful game so much? 
To The Gambia now, and Lawrence Mendy says, If I am to give my prediction, I will go for DR Congo because they have a good record in this African Nations Championship. And Tebi Otieno in Kenya agrees. My prediction goes to DR Congo, says Tebi. This follows their previous wins and also by the fact that they have reached the last 16 in the finals again. Indeed, DRC have won two of the five previous chance, winning the first tournament in 2009 and then triumphing again five years ago in 2016. Let's hear now from Esunge, who lives in the host nation Cameroon. It's really difficult to place an outright prediction, says Esunge. But I believe Cameroon, as the host nation, is poised to make a difference and become the second host nation to lift the chan after Morocco last time around. It promises to be a great tournament. Let the best team win. And finally today, here's Francisco Dodoma in Malawi. Based on the finalists, I can see that Cameroon, Morocco, Guinea, Mali and Burkina Faso are the main contenders, says Francisco. But this is not to suggest that we should ignore other teams like Zambia, Togo and Zimbabwe, to name a few. I know football is a very unpredictable game and anything can happen. But looking at the number of factors, including that Cameroon is host and they're building a team of strong young talent, I can put my money on Cameroon as the possible winners of this year's tournament. So then, Steve, plenty of support for the host nation Cameroon from our correspondents. Despite the challenges the squad has had leading up to the tournament, but DRC and defending champions Morocco are also mentioned among the favourites. But several of our correspondents also mentioned the unpredictable nature of football. So we could have a surprise nation lifting the trophy this time around. Thanks, Ash. That's Ash Tikiwa there. And uh, yes, uh, certainly anything can happen at the Chan. Much more on the tournament on next week's show. And this week on social media, we're asking, will Manchester City take the English Premier League title? Well, after a slow start to the season, six wins in a row have taken Man City into second place now in the Premier League, just two points behind Manchester United and with a game in hand at the halfway stage of the season. So are the citizens now set to take the title? You can give us your opinion on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Let's go back to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. And let's throw that question to you first, Stuart. Um, are Man City now the title favourites? Well, after Liverpool's runaway victory last year, the Premier League race looked wide open in 2021. I mean, this week has been crazy. It started with Manchester United top of the table. On Tuesday, Leicester City beat Chelsea to go top. Then on Wednesday, Manchester City won the early game, beating Aston Villa to claim top spot. Then in the second Wednesday night game, Manchester United's victory over Fulham put them back on top. Liverpool are fourth, Tottenham fifth, Everton sixth, all of them still in the title race. City look great, but it's a long way to go. They certainly have the players and the squad, and they're in form at the moment. This weekend sees the last 32 of the FA Cup, but then there's a full Premier League programme Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week, 
What an exciting season, and it's too close for me to call, Steve. Yes, you can give us your thoughts on this on social media. Will Manchester City take the title? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And uh, Stuart England and Manchester United legend Wayne Rooney has finally retired. Last week, Wayne Rooney was appointed manager of Derby County and his first action was to announce his retirement as a player. Rooney had been a player coach at the club under Philip Cuckoo and when the Dutchman Cuckoo was fired last month, Rooney became initially caretaker manager and was then confirmed in the job permanently. From the moment he made his debut for Everton as a 16-year-old in August 2002, scoring his first Premier League goal a couple of months later, a last-minute winner from outside the penalty area against Arsenal, he has had a stellar career. 253 goals for Manchester United, more than any other player. 120 caps for England, more than any outfield player. 53 goals for England, yet again more than any other player. 105 Premier League games as a teenager, only one to do that, and 208 Premier League goals, second only to Alan Shearer. At the end of the 2016-17 season, Rooney was often not in Jose Mourinho's starting 11 at Manchester United, and he decided to end his 13-year career, returning to Everton for one year, before going to USA to play two seasons in Washington for DC United. He then signed for Derby County, whose sponsor was Red 32, a gambling company who sponsored his arrival and had him wear shirt number 32. It comes as no surprise that Rooney has gone into management, as his newspaper columns and interviews have always shown a real interest in the technical and technical aspects of football. Don't forget it's only two years since Frank Lampard was manager of Derby County, taking them into the playoff final before leaving to become manager of Chelsea. The big question is whether Rooney can emulate Lampard's success on that timescale, but it won't be easy as the Derby County team he inherited was second and bottom of the championship with only four wins in 23 games. He started this week with a win over Bournemouth, so that's a good start. What are the chances, I wonder, if Rooney taking Derby into the Premier League and then leaving to be manager of Everton, the club he supported, or Manchester United, where he had so much success? I wonder. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a great script. Uh, We'll see if it happens. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? Well, Steve, after seven years at Arsenal, Mehmet Özil has signed for Fenerbahce in Turkey. The German is, of course, of Turkish descent. He had an outstanding career at Arsenal, playing 254 games in all competitions, 44 goals, 77 assists, helping Arsenal to win the FA Cup three times before it all went wrong last year. Arsenal initially paid $50 million transfer fee for Ozil when they signed him, and during the seven years he played for the Gunners, he's thought to have earned about $175 million. Steve, where have all the goals gone? We commented at the beginning of the season how many goals were being scored in the Premier League. Well, 
Last weekend's games produced only 20 goals in total. Liverpool's nil-nil with Manchester United was in fact Liverpool's third successive game in which they didn't score. But on the subject of goals, congratulations to James Madison, who followed his goal for Leicester City against Southampton with a choreographed, socially distanced dance with Harvey Barnes, not a hug in sight. Because of the COVID restrictions, Aston Villa found themselves after last weekend with four games in hand on some of their Premier League rivals. And the last time a Premier League team was four games behind was Bolton Wanderers in 2010. Now, last weekend, the top two in the Premier League were Manchester United and Manchester City. Intriguingly, on a day when the top two in Spain were Atletico and Real Madrid, the top two in Scotland were both from Glasgow, Celtic and Rangers, and Serie A was being led by the two Milan teams, AC and Inter. Finally, Steve, I think this is good news. Up to the end of last Sunday, VAR had only overturned three decisions in the previous 43 games. Go back the previous 43, and there were 18 changes of decisions by VAR. Oh, well, so uh, that's a good sign with all of this uh, VAR controversy. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, So it's the fourth round of the FA Cup on this weekend in England. Manchester United, Liverpool on Sunday, the big one, uh, coming after they met in the league last weekend. The game between Arsenal and Southampton looks interesting, and Man City away to fourth-tier side Cheltenham Town, while Chelsea take on championship side Luton Town. So that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ash Tikiwa in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.